It put me live. What's up, TRW Mafia? JP here. And I'm here with this bad motherfucker. He just told me he was going to try not to cuss, so I'm just going to break the fucking... I'm going to, you know, take it right off. But Sin, for those who don't know, uh, had a WWE run as Kazani back in the day on SmackDown. Uh, but Sin's been wrestling. He came up in Canada with Edge and Christian and a lot of those guys. Um, and now he's doing this thing down in uh, over in Vegas, the city of Sin. And... Um, He's got Freak Show Wrestling. He's got a couple of other things that I'm going to want to get into later on. Sin, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? Thank you for having me. Um, anytime, man. Anytime. This is, we had you, I mean, we were doing this for a long time. We had you back in the, back around the SmackDown time, actually. Yep. Um, so we're not even going to really touch on that too much tonight, I think, because we've talked about that. You know what I mean? Sure. I want to talk Here's about Sin. Funny, I do a lot of interviews and no disrespect to, to guys that get me on a podcast or ask me to do like a, you know, an interview for type, like, you know, whether it's for like a website or yeah. something. And then they ask me about some of those same things. And it's kind of like groundhog day. I'm like, you can ask me other stuff too. Like, I mean, I'm happy to answer it, but it just, I've answered it a thousand times. So we could talk about stuff that's going on today or this week or this year or what have you. Like I'm down to do whatever I'm easy, but I just always giggle when they, they ask me these questions. I'm like, never heard me on another thousand podcast or any other wrestling you know like it's like it's like knowing bruce wayne's parents got jobbed in the alley like everybody knows that it's part of the <laughs> let's just move on let's go to the next right installment. you can't right you don't want to touch on that you don't want them to talk about that in every comic yeah you know uh, you, it's unnecessary but i mean i'm happy to do it but we could talk about other newer stuff so that way people refer me something else or any other wrestler they're like oh well, i heard that well, what else have they got the one part of it I do, I will talk about is just because that came from somewhere very inside of you. Like you were a free show at that point, right? Sure. Like I, I joke with a lot of guys when we're helping them kind of figure out character and this and that, like being something true to yourself is the best bet. Um, I wasn't just some a-hole that went to the mall and got his face painted and said, ha ha, I'm a wrestler. I'm a legit circus, you know, sideshow strongman circus strongman sideshow freak all that kind of stuff like i can do all sorts of crazy pain tolerance things and you know from the electric chair to human dartboard all this just crazy stuff but um but that was me that is me so whether i'm all dolled up in you know clown paint and bunnies and duckies on my boots and bloody butcher's aprons or if i'm just sitting here in my collar and elbows t-shirt uh thank you about snow um it's me you know, again, Bruce Wayne can kick some ass. He just looks all fancied up and scarier to the villains when he's in his cowl. So, you know, clothes don't make the man, but but it is ketchup on the burger. So, just makes you a no. little extra fancy in presentation. But now, do you? I know you got freak show wrestling where you incorporate some of that. Do you do any of the sideshow stuff outside of wrestling? So, I, I w again, I was a legit sideshow strongman guy on, on various right. shows for years and years worked at the biggest companies in the world for that like i worked for the vince mcmahon of sideshow who is jim rose so jim rose circus okay. uh guys like that i think actually the biggest crowd i ever performed in front of was not a wrestling crowd it was uh it was for the jim rose circus we were opening for guns and roses and sturgis uh oh man years and years ago and i mean the noise from that crowd i want to say there was about a hundred thousand unruly bikers screaming and chanting oh, and like you could it was so loud you could feel the sound bouncing off of your skin. It's unreal. Did you have to play extra long? Did you have to go on extra long because Axel was late? Oh, you're, you're <laughs> so, uh, we did like a, a five day run where we every day we opened for in between different bands. So there'd be like us a band, us a band, us a band times five days. So you know, smaller bands, medium bands, bigger bands. And so the main event, uh, like uh, throughout the Monday through Friday was uh, Alice in Chains uh, and so forth. Uh, uh, what was the other one? Uh, I can't just, I get dropped in my head for a living. So I'm trying to remember some of these bands. Yeah, a lot of like these big, but, huge bands. Uh, God, it was Godsmack. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but actually like Guns N' Roses was the Friday night band, the big, the biggest, like the big blow off thing. And so the Guns N' Roses guys, which were mostly more of his newer guys at the time, uh, okay. they're all kind of around all day with the rest of us, and Axel was nowhere to be found. And then he's supposed to go on at midnight, and so we close out our set, and we go a little long, you know, because they're asking us, hey, can you kind of like... Yeah, you're seeing this stretch it out in the back. <laughs> like, Axel's on his way, but we don't know how long he is. So it's like, 
he's supposed to go on at midnight and ju- at about 1 a.m., just as all these bikers are about to lose their minds and just burn everything down, all of a sudden a helicopter comes in, actually jumps out, like no mic check, no nothing, just jumps out of this <laughs> helicopter, grabs a microphone, hauls ass onto the stage, comes flying out, opens it up, and then boom, and everybody was happy as a pig's in caca. So he did a he did a show here, I want to say in the, in the 90s, probably mid-90s, where he wouldn't go on until the Raiders game was over. <laughs> oh, there you go. There. And you want to see a Boston crowd get upset? Sure. Sure. Now, now you still, now you're doing the freak show wrestling. Um, you, you still take bookings outside, though, too, right? Yeah. So I actually focus more on, on individual bookings these days. Freak show is definitely like my baby, but it was. It was a creature of love and it was very expensive to do. And it's not like just, you know, all these wrestlers show up and then it's like, okay, this is a good guy, this is a bad guy, you know, right. 10 minutes, blah, blah. It was always like, okay, you're going to be the monkey. You're going to be the banana. You're going to be the robot. You're going to be the vampire. We'd have to bring all these costumes, make makeup, wardrobe. And just, I would have to basically produce an agent and do everything. So whoever I was wrestling with, I would just see him in the ring because I was just too busy wearing right. 20 other hats. So it, it was exhausting to me. It was exhausting to my wife. And then, um, and then again, I, I love the performers and some were great. And then some were just hands out, you know, like, Hey, even though you wrote this character for me, that's way better than anything I came up with myself. And you're the guy behind the curtain. I'm getting all the acclaim for it. Um, what else can you do for me? And so right. I thought instead of babysitting, you know, 40 or 50 performers on a night, I could just babysit myself and travel out and about and enjoy that and just go wrestle and do what I was put on the planet to do. So, you know, yeah. I am free show wrestling. You know, when you book me on a show, you know, you're going to get a version of it depending on sort of what the situation is, what kind of show is it? Is it a PG show, a family show, uh, some kind of hipster 21 plus drinking crowd show? Do you want me to, you know, go gimmick heavy? Do you want me to go, you know, zero, you know, zero props or whatever you want, weapons, whatever you want to call it? You know, whether you want me to do a hardcore show or a, or a sports entertainment show or whatever, lucha show. You know, so I can switch. I switch all those gears, and it's me. Just you know, just different gears of me. But it was good. Like this past weekend, I wrestled uh, in Green Bay on a Friday night against a local kid. Super good, really. I'll, everybody, watch out for this kid. He's really good. Little high flying dude, crazy character. Like again, very similar to me, but different. Um, his name is Skits. Really good, really good kid. Skylar Joy. Well, that's a shoot name, Skylar Joy. What a wrestling name, if it's I ever heard. Not of right. Him. And so we, I mean, we went weapons heavy on that. And like, I dragged him, I literally grabbed him by an ankle and by a wrist and just dragged him around in thumbtacks, threw him off of this. And he did terrible things to me. I did terrible things to him and everybody loved it. And you hugged at the end of it, right? Yeah. So that was in Green Bay. And then the next night in uh, just outside of Minneapolis, I'm wrestling Hernandez for Impact. So we have a very different match, but again, but the promoter, and it's very PG family oriented, but the promoter wanted some of the shenanigans. So I just put together some stuff that I figured, you know, I would be amused by and Hernandez would not mind doing, you know, and all this. So, you know, he yeah, was, he, I, think, I think he had a harder time biting his lip not to giggle through the match, you know, <laughs> really more than anything. I was going to say, I could see that being where if you weren't the veteran that you are, that's not an idea you would be pitching to Hernandez. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, you know, trying to stick a banana in his face or, you know, whatever. I squirted him with Windex and all, you name it, all sorts of dumb stuff, you know. No, you did, you had a run with Chikara and your character, while it's very Chikara-like, is also not very Chikara-like of what Chikara was at that point. Like you're very character driven, but not very, like they're almost G-rated. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I, I think I, I think I said the word bitch at some point like i don't remember and they started chanting like watch your language which amused the heck out of me yep. i'm like sorry all right all right, right. And, you know i'm trying to play with the audience and it was a fun crowd it was good always yeah. a good time i have nothing but fun memories of chikara um, what i always appreciated about chikara was the audience was very much in on the joke sure yes sir absolutely you know the slow it down chance and um they wouldn't chant, um, you fucked up. It was you messed up or, you know. And they knew. They knew to play by those rules. They knew. Yes. It was, uh, you just, you'd, you'd be tearing which, the fabric of time if you swore there or you did something like that. You know? Yeah, which is very not a Philadelphia, not what you think of when you think of a Philadelphia wrestling company. Sure. 
I remember doing a, a one of those shows and we were at the ECW arena. And still, I mean, they steadfast to those uber PG rules, which amused yeah. the heck out of me. Yeah, that's, meanwhile, you got like Balls Mahoney banners hanging up in the in the rafters. Right. Now, we got a couple of uh, people have commented on some of like this video is live on YouTube, Facebook, and all of that stuff. And we had a couple of people commenting with questions. And um, Joe Salenza wants to know what was the highlight of your career? Oh, boy. Um, well, I'll, I'll pick little snippets of a few things because that's just such a, a wide open um, thing. But I'd say, you know, one of the things is becoming best pals with my my idol who tend up being my opponent who ended up being my coach who ended up being you know my best mm -hmm. buds the brother i never had was uh, jake snake roberts so just having jake um in my life was is to this day still surreal i mean we just joke and goof off and he's uncle ori to me but i mean you know when i was a kid i was literally sitting on the couch with edgy christian as kids watching jake ddt steamboat on the concrete yeah, like Edge and Christian were beside themselves, and I just remember thinking, I want to be the guy doing the DDT, not getting the DDT, and I was hooked ever since. And and then growing up, so you know, I meet him, I wrestle him, we end up buddying up, I travel with him, he became my mentor, my coach, and everything. And now we're just we're just as you know as tight as close to me as anybody in my family. So that's pretty awesome. That's real. Like back, and I, I brought this up like how we had you on before. Um, you at that point there, you were very excited because you were about to stop being his bump guy during his training. What's during that, a couple that? of his, you were about to go be the bump guy in some of his seminars. Yeah, so uh, and, we would do like we we have a school together. You know, I would do seminars with him, and uh, it was funny. We did this big seminar at the Cauliflower Alley Club, which uh, those who knew, uh, yeah, uh, who, who don't who don't know that's like a a yearly. Uh, like a wrestling convention where it used to be closed doors where it used to be like just for the, the wrestlers, not for the fans. And then they opened it up and let everybody uh, come in. And so we did a seminar together. And at that stage of the game, I want to say that, you know, as, as amazing as he is, I don't know that he really spent time coaching per se. Like he would mentor, like, I mean, he obviously gave DDP the right stuff, Stone Cold the right stuff, Undertaker the right stuff. But as far as being at the school, like, just having like a lecture teaching a wrestling seminar or what have you. And uh, for, uh, they, they booked us together to do that seminar. And Jake just started out by going, you start. And so I start talking and then I look at him like, you know, maybe you want to jump in on this? And he'd go, yeah, keep going. You know, and I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tag out to Jake because I, yes, I know my stuff, but at the same time, I'm smart enough and humble enough to appreciate he's Jake the snake and I'm not. So people want to hear what he's got to say. So he would literally end up doing these things where I would talk for like five minutes and he would go, yep, what the clown said, you know, oh, yep, 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 he said, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, then eventually he kind of got cozier and, and, and jumped in and we went back and forth and it was really fun. And I remember I had so many people come up to us afterwards and give us compliments and The Rock's mom came over and quote unquote said, boys, that was fucking awesome. That's and, awesome. And Jake just looked at me like a little kid. He's like, that was awesome. That's a rock bomb, you know? <laughs> you know. Right, that's one of those things where you get goosebumps. Yeah, we're both little you kids, know? you know. And so for her to come over and and drop that on us, you know, I mean, that lineage is oh. goes without saying, you know. And, and then, uh, you know, now we pretty much we opened up the snake bit and uh, did a lot of coaching with that stuff. But yeah, I think um, doing those seminars was really great for both of us because I think it it gave knowledge back to the industry, and then it was it was fun for us. Like it was cool to give back. So hopefully it was useful to who was listening and it was fun for us to Now, is the Snake Pit Wrestling Academy, is that a traditional school? Not a, I want to wear it this right. Is that like a, a normal school where it's open weekly or is that yeah. just seminars? Yeah, so um, I used to coach uh, when I first moved to Las Vegas, I coached for Future Stars of Wrestling, FSW. Yeah. And then, um, and then Jake and myself and D'Lo Brown decided to branch off and do our own school. So we did our own school, Snake Pit. And then we just felt it to be an inevitability that we should all sort of, you know, work together. And I think it's hard enough to be a success when you're working together, let alone when you're fighting for scraps. So right. Snake Pit and FSW kind of got in bed together. So they had Kenny King and Disco Inferno teaching. And we had myself 
and Jake the Snake and D'Lo yeah. Brown teaching. So now all of a sudden you've got a school of these five guys. Right, that are all incredible. Yeah, not to mention other uh, uh, very regular drop-ins like Kikitaro, uh, TJP, Davari. And then on top of that, right. then we have a lot of seminar guys coming in. So we would bring in different, you know, everybody from Matt Hardy to Hurricane to Gangrel to Al Snow to Jimmy Hart to uh, Ricky Steamboat. Lips goes on and on. So it was pretty damn one-stop shopping, if I do say so myself. I would have given my right leg for that when I was starting. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, with, just with Jake, I don't think there's ever been a, um, I don't think there's ever been a guy who wasn't supposed to make it, who made it as far as he did and did everything he did in this business. Sure. And I say uh, wasn't supposed to make it with the utmost respect. I understand. But what like the world was against him. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Join, join sure. the freaking club. So yeah. know, it's, 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 when the going get tough, the tough get going, you know, like yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm such an artsy artsy guy. I preface so many, you know, things and I learn and I'm inspired by so many things and it could be silly things or, or important things or whatever, but you, you know, when you, you stumble over something and it just speaks to you, no matter how cheesy or cool or this or that it is, whether it's something in a song, a movie, uh, a poem, a comic book, video game, whatever, wherever right. you draw influence from. And I remember I, teach, I joke with my kids all the time that I tell them, like, I reference my favorite wrestling match all the time as I explain metaphors and psychology of my favorite wrestling match of all time is Star Wars. You know, so I'll always explain, I'll break it down. You know, Luke needs Darth, Darth needs Luke. Luke is the underneath baby face. He's kind of the cosmic Ricky Morton. He's fighting uphill battle only to get to this main event villain who's destroying planets just for shits and giggles. You know, so all these things. So one of the things that really spoke to me, not Star Wars related, was it was I consider awesome cheese was uh, Young Guns. I think the Young Guns mantra, Billy the Kid saying, I shall finish the game, always kind of spoke to me of like, you know, and Jake had that that really to me is just like when you stare across from your, your opponent, you know, the fans don't know what you have in store. And so whatever you're going to deliver with your opponent, your dance partner, whatever you want to call them, I think if you're not buying it, the fans aren't buying it. So if you don't put that devil in the details and really bring it to life, the fans aren't going to buy it. Now you could take something so dangerous and so brutal and you could throw it away and then the fans will throw it away. Like for instance, the Canadian Destroyer to me is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And now a lot of wrestlers just turn that into a, yet another move. Like guys are jumping up, running around two seconds afterwards. So all that tells the audience, all that educates the audience is just saying, eh, no big deal. You know, but if you sell a, a, a punch like it's bloody murder, which you should in real life, that punch is way meaner than any yeah. hurricane or power bomb or whatever. Like that punch in real life, that's the deal breaker. That's the peacekeeper. Like um, I hit each other 10 little whiffy times and then whip each other out on the ropes. See my, my chicken over there. He breathes. Yeah, I was checking in here with me. Just if you hear a cockadoodle doing it, it's, it's, uh, it's not Jake making funny noises. It's actually a chicken. So. That is tremendous. It's how you, it's how you, I know exactly. Snoots. It's, it's how you put over things is how they're going to perceive things. So if you, again, if you make it important, fans will take it as important. If you throw it right. away, it, it it drove me nuts as a fan, and I think it kind of started, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you might have seen it way before I did, but that kind of started with the super kicks. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, when Shawn Michaels did it, it was very new. It oh. was exciting. And then when guys – so, okay, uh, whether it's a super kick or anything, if you take something awesome and overcook it and overuse right. it to all ends, that awesomeness becomes – mundane and who right. needs who needs typical you know you want special you didn't kick out of the pd williams canadian destroyer you didn't kick out of sean michael super tip. something right. might have happened to stop the count but you didn't kick out of that yes sir exactly and, and I, think, I think the only person i've ever taken a canadian destroyer from was pd williams so there you go that's now i'm looking at my childhood behind your head what's that but I'm looking at variations of my childhood right behind your head. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. But they're they're different than what I grew up with. Well, uh, so again, I'm an artsy fancy guy, and I dabbled in customizing some of these old school toys. Like I, I think the the new articulated action figures are they're nice, they're cool, but I'm, they're just it's just not my wheelhouse. Whereas those right. 1980s LJNs, which you see behind me, yeah. well, you see, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to whatever. I'm, 
this side of me. Yeah. Uh, those are from the 80s. That's my childhood. That's nostalgia. And so I dabbled in customizing them and kind of refurbishing them years ago. And then I left it be for years. And then when all the pandemic hit, I know, Snoots, I know. Um, my chicken is very, very unruly today. Um, during the pandemic, I just sort of, just to kind of kill time and take my mind off of the planet, started doing that again. And then that hobby kind of turned into a side hustle. And since I couldn't wrestle for a lot of the pandemic, um, not that I wouldn't want to, uh, I was I was ready right. to go. Any promoter that was going to book, I was down to feed my family. But shows were few and far between and for a while non-existent. So that hobby turned into a side hustle and I could sell some of those. I'd have fun making them and I'd sell them, make a few bucks so I could feed my family. And and uh, that's how all those guys behind me uh, came to be. That is like I grew up. I'm the same way. I'm 47. I grew up on the LJNs. On the in, I don't have any now. I have a couple inbox um, elites, the recent ones. But I have the Paul Orndorffs, the Jakes. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't have the new guys that are out there. I used to tease Jake like Jake's. Well, I don't know where is the original. So he's up there somewhere. I'm not going to jump off the camera to grab. But the original Jake has his hands kind of up in this weird "don't shoot" kind of position. And I would tease him. I said, what marketing genius thought of this pose? Like, how are you supposed to DDT anybody with your arms up in the air? And he's like, brother, I didn't make that freaking decision, brother, brother, brother. Nobody did, apparently. Right. Did, did you watch the um, the Netflix special on the figures? No. no. So there's a Netflix, the toys that made us on Netflix. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. It was like yeah, the LJNs and the E-Mans and the G.I. Joe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so on the, on the wrestling one, they were saying they just... They got the names and they got the faces and then they just put them into what they thought were wrestling poses. Right. Yeah. If you look like I, I remember teasing, I joked with edge one day because he is the biggest Hulk Hogan uh, fan ever. And Christian and I would get yelled at by edge as kids. If we scuffed our, his LJN Hulk Hogan. Oh, so that was the easiest one to scuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, quit it. You're, you guys are playing with him too rough. You're going to scuff Hulk Hogan. And we get so upset. Me and Christian were just kind of giggling. And whatever, and when uh, Edge Adam would walk into the other room, we would just clang. We beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan and and all this stuff. But anyway, so I, I told him one day, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna get you upset here. Watch this." And he's what? I go look in your old LJN box and go look at Hulk Hogan's fists. And he's like, "Well, well why?" And I go, "Just do it. You'll you'll know." And so he comes back totally pissed off. He's like, "Son of a bitch!" And all this stuff because uh, you know, the, you know, uh, a true fighter knows how to make a real fist, not an actor fist, where your thumb right. is up like this, like thumbs in, thumbs every right. every well, red blooded man thumb out. thumbs in on a fist. And whoever you can put your thumb out, it's probably gonna break on you. <laughs> so ridiculous. It, yeah, it's um, if you you punch with your thumb out like that, where's my camera? There we go. It, you're gonna break your thumb. First yeah, punch. The actor punch. The, the David Caruso special. <laughs> you're absolutely like i grew up in the city so i've thrown a couple right right um when you look no. at some like half of them have their thumbs out and they're just in these weird poses and you know and yeah whoever sculpted a lot of those old school edzians didn't know much about wrestling like how even just if you look at some of their knee pads or some of their boots it just it looks like kind of like spaceman or something that just doesn't look right and uh, so weirdly yeah. i get i get the silly compliment of like man your stuff looks better than a lot of the old school <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of the old school ones, you know, they speak to me out of nostalgia, but when you really look at them, they weren't overly well done. So I don't know that my bar is set. So I, I can, my bar is set not too high because the, the original ones were not so amazing. They're just no. the, your childhood. So when you look at all these fancy toys these days, like like those Spawn toys and these all these Rob Zombie right. toys, all these, they look so amazing. Whereas you look at the stuff that when we were kids, like they looked like little kindergarten-y ridiculous things that were so simplified compared to what they have now, but we, I they come with. I, I want it to look. I want them to look detailed and fun, but at the same time have that LJN simplicity. And, right. And so they come with four or five sets of hands. We were happy with kung fu grip. That's right. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, how do you feel as a cut? Like I got excited for it, and I haven't bought the figure yet, but I'm going to. But I, as a customizer, as someone who takes some of the old LJN figures and probably made you probably made some of them into some of the newer wrestlers of today, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the Cody Rhodes LJN? I haven't seen it up close. I'd like to hold my opinion until I actually see them where I can actually like hold it and process it. The pictures of it look fine. Um, they look neat or whatever. I think 
it, 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 maybe some of them, uh, the, I just saw the Cody one. I didn't see any of the other ones, but I just saw a picture of it. I didn't hold it or see it. I don't know this, if the size thing is correct. Like when, when they made those WCW ones, they were just a little bit smaller than the LJNs. Yeah. They're kind of like not as cool, but just because the size is wonky. So I don't know if the size is right. I have to kind of see it with my own eyes. And I think I, it almost looks a little too pretty. It almost looks too perfect. Like where the LJNs were kind of simplified and kind of a little sloppier for lack of a better term and uh, they had that hulk hogan rock and wrestling look as opposed to this really nifty articulated fancy you know modern look so i destroyed one of our guests a couple of weeks ago he was um he's a tattoo artist out of new jersey brett Stuller. all right um and he has every ljn figure mint in box okay he said he's one of about three or four that he knows of that has it that right. has all of the mint and box. So I absolutely destroyed them when I told them there was a new one. <laughs> well, I mean, I got technically, technically, right. yes. I, mean, I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. Again, I have to see it. Like, I don't want, I don't want to poop on it. I don't know. I want it to be cool. It's like when I go to a movie, I don't want to go there just to shit on it. I want to enjoy it. You right. know, I watch a wrestling show. I want to enjoy it. I'm not that, um, oh, well, he didn't, put his elbows correctly with the way he did the suplex or you know you're watching a movie and i want to enjoy the movie i don't want to hear well peter parker's spiders just uh, his web shooters were out of his wrist it was supposed to be a machine like, right, just enjoy the freaking movie you know the same as the wrestling match like you like it you know oh my god the, you you just nailed that too i don't think there's any two groups that are more critical than the internet wrestling community and the marvel movie universe i'll tell you something right now that will get me so much hatred from the, I, the term smart mark which makes me giggle i just i personally i don't think they exist i, I think uh, there's there's people that, that love wrestling and people have opinions and i'm happy for both but i think if you haven't been in the ring you're just guessing. You have no idea what the wrestlers are going through. So it's just simple to get. Again, I've never. I've, I've been on set. I've done stunts for movies. I've done little bit roles in movies. But I don't know what it takes to put a movie on A to Z and produce it and finance it and all these things. So it's very easy to go. I didn't like Spider Man. I didn't like Star Wars. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. Or I didn't like WrestleMania. I didn't like SummerSlam. Or I didn't like Rampage. Or I didn't like Dark or whatever Impact or whatever the heck is going on. Just realizing these guys and girls are busting their asses. Right, swimming like salmon upstream to make people happy and to do terrible things to their body, even in the realm of, you know, scripted sports entertainment, whatever they think it is, which is not necessarily scripted. You know, it's, it's such an overly simplified way to think about it. But there's so many fans like I'm. I'm not a Justin Timberlake guy, but I've seen fans go, "I hate Justin Timberlake." Oh, why do you hate? That's a strong word. Like, do you not realize he probably spent a lot of time honing his craft and, uh, you know. Networking and everything you need to do to become a success. So, when you see wrestlers, uh, you know, guys, girls, whatever, realizing what did they go through? What do they put their bodies through? What do they put their families through? What do they do? And, and people, well, it was their choice. Yeah. But still, like, it's kind of like, what did you do? You know? Right. You went to the show and you brought a notebook and critiqued it and gave it, gave and matches four stars. It's it's funny. It's like it's like it's, it's like the ending of that Jay and Silent Bob strike back. Like those yeah. fans that are saying stupid, crappy, mean stuff online would be knocking their knees, shivering to get your autograph in an airport. You know, it's the right. same. And again, I'm going to spur. I'm sure so much hatred about saying that, you know, but uh, the, for the people who love wrestling and just love being entertained, I'm super respectful. For the people that just want to poop on it because they got nothing better to do, or maybe they're not happy with themselves. Two words for you. Here's the thing is, I'm not at all trained. I'm not a pro wrestler. I've sat in because I was hanging out at the schools with some of the trainers. I've sat in on some training sessions. I don't know shit in the ring. Sure. Well, I'm not also, smart. Let me put it to you like this. Uh, whether you're a fan watching or you're an armchair quarterback watching or you're an aspiring wrestler watching or you're an advanced wrestler watching or a writer or a producer or a promoter watching, you can see it on TV or in a, you know at a live event. You can hear it on TV or at a live event. You cannot feel it. So you don't know what hurts, what doesn't hurt, what's easy, what's not easy. And some stuff that looks easy really sucks to do. And some stuff that looks like it really sucks is really easy. And that comboed with dealing with the, the politics of shark-infested water, mm -hmm. shows backstage, 
ideas and nepotism and friends and rivalries and this and that that aren't even storylines. These are just the real life cattiness of, you know, any, you know, music, acting, sports, you know, whether it's wrestling or baseball, football, whatever, there's going to be politicking and there's going to be shenanigans and all this stuff. So people are just so unaware and they, they hear the little dirt sheet rumors, which is just, it just scratches the surface. So you just don't know what those guys and girls are going through to entertain now we jump around a little bit. Bobby D in the, uh, on Facebook wants to know who's your favorite band because uh, we were talking about the music, and also who's your favorite wrestler to wrestle. Like, what's been your favorite match? I guess. Uh, okay, so first, uh, favorite favorite musical band. Um, I go through different moods, but if I really had to go pound for pound, I'm going to say Twisted Sister. Nice, <laughs> nice. Because um, I definitely don't want to take it. It so, doesn't get much more '80s than that, right? And, I love uh, it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, my, my guilty pleasure is glam rock and right. southern. Like I'm, I'm a Skinner, Journey, okay. uh, that company kind of guy. But I'm also a, you know, uh, what they say, like leaping big buildings with a single bound stronger than a locomotive. I'm stronger than a steelheart ballad. You know, like I'm, I'm a steelheart. Uh, you know, Twisted Sister, Skid Row, Motley Crue, all that kind of yeah. stuff. I got into all of that. Like I got into, um, I, I was a hip hop kid. I grew up in Boston, like listening to rap. That was my I thing. I, I was like, I liked like Run DMC and LL Cool J, yes. and NWA, that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. that was it. And, um, I, but Twisted Sister, when they came out, I wasn't into like hair bands, metal, anything rock at all. They were just different and I enjoyed it. And I like, I, I liked their songs. I think it was because it was like half laughing at them, but then it was like you listen to them and it's like, yeah, man. Well, it was like it was like, again like like the Billy uh, like the Billy the Kid Young Guns reference to me was like awesome cheese. Like it was cheese yet delicious, wicked awesome cheese. You know. Yes. So, so weirdly, as far as like an influence, um, even visually, because I'm such an artsy fartsy guy, so I think very visually. Um, if you look at D. Schneider on the Stay Hungry album yeah. and sister that's that combo yes. with like rip rogers and uh you know vince neal and stuff uh free birds that's that's a kazarni right there the big red coat the blonde hair and the eyeliner that was a kazarni look was to stay hungry d schneider okay, okay. Have you, have you guys i see I, I would green never green have seen that before and i do now yeah d, d schneider meets green goblin and then there's sort of early kazarni early early Simbodi. Now, you didn't always do the face paint, right? No, I've done, like, different versions, some more, some less. Sometimes not at all. It just depends. But it was uh, face painting, just like, you know, Bret Hart would say that he wore the sunglasses in his promos because he was maybe shy and it was a nice place to hide behind the glasses. Okay. The face paint is kind of the same. It's sort of a mask. Like, it really, you kind of don a new skin and you can kind of, you can get away with saying a lot more with clown paint than you can without clown paint. And it just, it, it's... Again, uh, for the character stuff, it's more to me. It's more Bruce Wayne than it is Joker. Like you see clown, you think Joker or Spalding or whatever. But really, it's more uh, the Batman thing for me. Like Bruce Wayne can kick ass, but he's scarier to the villains when he's in his cow. So, like, yes, I'm a legit circus strongman. I was a bar fighter, a bouncer, a bodyguard, all this stuff. I was a tournament fighter, blah blah blah. But with the face paint on, it just makes it look a little gnarlier. It's my cow. Yeah. Doing the clown stuff and like the the version of the clown stuff you were doing, did you ever get to work with like the Juggalos? With I ICP. I we've known each other for a hundred years ever since uh, TNA way back in the day. Like okay. it was like UA TNA like those weekly pay per views. Yes. Remember back then we've always been cool. Um, and then every time we ever tried to, you know, they wanted to have freaks wrestling at the gathering a couple times and. And it just, it never, for whatever reason, sometimes it was a budget thing. Sometimes it was a schedule thing. Nothing ever worked out. And in all those years that I've known them, finally, uh, I want to say it was a couple months ago now. My timeline's not that great, but I want to say about, about two months ago-ish, um, I was a surprise match on uh, one of the Juggalo shows up in Detroit. Oh. I literally flew up on a Wednesday. was home by a Thursday. So I, I used to be a Juggalo. You, like, I still appreciate them. Like you said, it's like the art of what they do in the visual aspect of it, as much as it was the music, like the Fago flying, sure. uh, all the stuff going on, the zombies walking around in the background at all their shows, the fact that they had the balls to literally invite the fans onto the stage. Sure. 
Um, what was it like working in Detroit with them? Because that's their hometown. Right. The, 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 the lion's den, so to speak. Yeah. So back in the day when I was first cutting my teeth, like as a green wrestler, um, during the century, 99, 2000, 2001, um, I spent a lot of time in Detroit wrestling, um, uh, with, uh, Huck underneath Huck's, uh, show. Uh, okay. Ins- insane championship wrestling. Yes. And so I met a lot of those, a lot of different guys there, you know, from CM Punk to Colt Cabana, the Necro Butcher to, you know, Pondo and yes. all this guy. So I cut my teeth in a very, very bloody hardcore city. So coming back, I mean, I've wrestled off and on for like, I used to wrestle for Scott Moore, uh, who's one of the impact guys. Yeah. Uh, I wrestled for him in Detroit. I wrestled on eight miles so many times and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, I'm no stranger to the D. I uh, just haven't been there in quite a while and finally got to go back up a couple months ago. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I would think that, like, as a performer, whether you're into, like, the Insane Clown Posse or not, I would think that performing in front of their crowd would be something, like, special. Because they get so into it. Like, there was a there was a referee from this area, and he, he showed up at one of their shows, and, you know, somebody brought him in or whatever. And he thought he was going to ref. They threw him in a pair of cutoff jorts, and he was back with Billy. Right. And the fans were chanting for backwards Billy. They had no idea who he was. He was a that was a character that was made up ten minutes before the show. Sure. And 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 those you know, fans, you know, especially the fans like that, they wanna go and they wanna let it all out. They wanna bark at the moon, they wanna shout it out, you know, they wanna shout at the devil, they wanna do all that stuff. And they wanna enjoy, they wanna just exhaust their energy and and so that's a wonderful kind of crowd to work in front of. And some crowds you have to earn it a lot more. Or it's, or it's harder get, you can get it, no problem. Like if you have any kind of skills and every creativity and you got some balls, you can get it done. <laughs> See, my chicken agrees. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I always giggle when I hear, you know, when wrestlers will do shows, you know, maybe like at a convention or at a ball game or something. And they, they, they'll, you know, they'll be met with crickets and then they'll, they'll squawk it. It's like it's the fans fault. Like, well, well, it's not a wrestling crowd. And I would just giggle. I'm like, so they're humans, aren't they? Go entertain them. It's your job to figure out how to entertain them. Like if your hurricane Rana isn't getting it done, do something else. If your dive isn't getting it done, do something else. If whatever it is you're doing, isn't getting it done. Do something else. Like switch gears, learn how to work, you know, learn how to put that crowd. The crowd isn't sitting in those seats. The crowd, right there. the crowd is right there. If you're that's, a that's where the crowd is. That's where they're sitting in the palm of your hand. You're putting them there. They want to be put there. Or else they wouldn't have bought a freaking ticket to go. Right. I think that's the difference. But that, what well, you just said, that's the difference sort of between a wrestler and a worker, too. Right. And you need well, both. You know, different, words, different words morph over the years. Like some words meant something drastically different 50 years ago than they do now. You know, nowadays they throw around the word worker. There's a lot of wonderful, I see Harvey Stoops again, he agrees. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful athletes. There's a lot of wonderful sports entertainers. There's a lot of wonderful high flyers, a lot of wonderful good guys, bad guys, whatever you want to say, not a lot of workers. So that's not an insult. That's not a dig. Right. That's not, not a passive aggressive. What does he mean by that? It's, it's, I mean it exactly what I, what I say, you yeah. know, like I, I would joke um, if you've ever seen chasing Amy, Oh yeah. Um, old school movie. So some of the younger guys that don't have to see the movie, it's, it's, I'll explain it. It's, it's a comic book thing. And there's an art, there's a scene in the movie where they're arguing over So the one guy pencils, he draws the comic books, and then the other guy inks over the pencils and he's the inker. He's and a tracer. So, yeah, this other guy comes along and goes, Oh, so you're a tracer. He goes, No, 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 I'm an inker. He goes, But you're not you didn't draw it, right? He goes, No, I inked over the drawing. He goes, So you're a tracer. So my, I would joke and say, I am a penciler, not an inker. I can work. I don't need to memorize. I can feel. And, you know, at, at times when it, for, a safe, for safety or for maybe economy of time or something to get everything right or to make sure some certain dominoes fall where they may on purpose, you know, you memorize certain things. But for the most part, you should be able to work. Like, what if you need to go short? What if you need to go long? Oh, so-and-so is broken down and they're not here. Can you wrestle for another 10 minutes? Yes, I can. Can you wrestle for another 60 minutes? Yes, I can where that's very intimidating and scary to a lot of younger wrestlers, not because they can't, they just haven't been taught that lost art way of business, whatever. Yes, 
that whole Memphis walk and talk style or just just working is just the simplest way to say it. It's a very, very, very lost art. And then you would get back and hear me say that, uh, that would listen to this and go, oh, what does he know? What does he know? I'm a walking hard drive with Jake the Snake's knowledge. I have been in the ring. I'm in that unicorn age bracket where I've wrestled damn near everybody in the 80s, but I'm young enough where I can wrestle with all the young youngsters in the, right. in the now. So I'm happy. I'm not an old, grumpy, jaded guy, but I don't like this high spot. I don't like these high flying. I don't like. The, I like all the cool moves. I just want to see yeah. it come together with the right work rate, with the right stories, to get the right mileage, to generate the right emotional uh, satisfaction from the audience. When people say, "Where have you been?" or "What have you done?" and question you like that, like that's one thing. If if it's a student going into your um, going into your school, one they should know where you've been, but they should question it as well and say, "Hey, what have you done?" to make sure it's the right school, but. If it's just someone real, when you're giving someone advice and they're stopping like that, ask them what their day job is. Right. And well, that's the thing. It's like, so again, I'm not a better human than anybody that's a wrestling fan. I'm not as much of a wrestling fan as anybody. But it's just, uh, I think it's a very obtuse way to think like, oh, uh, I hate Robert De Niro. Oh, yeah? Well, you, he might not your, be your favorite actor, but realize he put his time and he really yeah. learned how to do this thing or this guy or this guy or this musician or this athlete or this whoever or whatever. They probably put their time in the way you put your time in doing whatever it is that you are on the planet. Whether you're a lawyer, a forklift driver, or a waitress, or a stay-at-home mom, or a stay-at-home dad, or a, a this or a that. Whatever you did to become who you are. Imagine how many hoops you jumped through. Same thing for those wrestlers. Same thing for those rock stars, athletes, actors, whatever. So it's a – and I think you don't have – like if I was to be like, hey, you crappy forklift rider, or hey, you crappy uh, – accountant you idiot accountant you know what do you know like that would sound pretty damn rude so right. i think a lot of fans when they're online running their apps don't realize you know of course performers have thick skin so they're going to get used to idiotic opinions but those fans or, or humans should just kind of maybe realize go you know those people have emotions too like did you hurt so-and-so's feelings if they ever even saw it in the first place you know and and the argument will be, well, if they don't want to be entertainers and be under scrutiny, then they shouldn't be entertainers. But that's fine. We all have thick skin. You can scrutinize accordingly. But I, just, I think I would have like, just, I'm just, I may be talking about manners is maybe where I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, if I didn't like your shirt, I, I don't necessarily need to go, oh, I don't like your stupid shirt. You know, I just might not say anything about it. I like your shirt, by the way. Do you have a promo code for them? I certainly do. If you uh, if, if if you go to the collar and elbow site and you type in Sinbodi, uh, I'll take care of you. I will put that in our show notes, so that'll go out. Yeah, check with collar and elbow. I both, like so. I'm, I've got um, very good standing with Al Snow and collar and elbow, and also pro wrestling tees uh, backslash Sinbodi. All that crazy stuff backslash. Uh, well, uh, so all those companies, they're both. Person Tees and Collar Elbow are wonderful companies and they do a lot of uh, great things for charity stuff like, you know, when they sell those Shad Gaspar shirts or you know, yes. money, whatever, like that money goes to those families. So that's a pretty awesome thing like Al Snow or uh, Ryan and so forth from Pro Wrestling. They don't have to do that. They do that to be no. just humans, you know. So Right, and both of those companies sell enough shirts without doing that. So Right, 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 for sure. Like they, yeah, they, they, they are wonderful people in wonderful companies. Now, I have a selfish question. Actually, I have two selfish questions. The first one, and they're not really wrestling related, I guess, sort of, but do you have a figure that you customize that you're most proud of? Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I got it. I love that. figures, if you can't tell, like, especially those LJNs. So that's. Oh, no, I, yeah, I have a lot. Um, so uh, I'm going to move the camera. Um, I just finished, a, I was a couple weeks ago, I made the Ricky Steamboat from, it was actually from a match that I saw as a kid. It was at the, it's called the big event. It was when okay, I could, yes. you know, get clobbered from behind by Paul Orndorff and the machines, right. and the machines wrestled Bundy and Stud and Heenan. And, and so it was the match where uh, Ricky Steamboat had his little, his dragon, his little alligator there. Yes. He had his snake. And so I customized the, excuse me, um, Ricky Steamboat from that thing and the Jake, the Jake from my favorite Jake match, the Steamboat from my favorite Jake and Steamboat match. That is so awesome. The Steamboat That's... from that match from when I was a kid at the big event in, <laughs> in Ontario, and then the the. Oh, you were event. actually there, huh? Yeah, I was there because that was, was a great there. show. We were there as little kids, you know, little teeny boppers, and 
Um, and then the Jake one that I made has the red tights that says DDT down the side when it, he wrestled Macho Man on the uh, on Saturday's main event. And to me, that's if I had to pick a favorite match. So I think you asked me that earlier, and I don't think I answered it. I'd have to say to my favorite match to watch, probably if I had to pick one, would be Jake versus Macho Man in that when it was you never saw good guys fight good guys or bad guys fight bad guys. It was just such a way out left field booking at the time. Like my brain was blown as a kid. I'm like, what's going on? And they're both bad guys. What's going to happen? The fabric of time is going to rip. It's going to be crazy. And I remember Jesse, the body on commentary, painting a wonderful story saying, I can't remember if it was a gorilla monsoon or bench, whoever it was, might've been gorilla. who was uh, calling with him. And he said, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And see which way the crowd favors because both of these guys are notorious rule breakers. That's how he put it over. And my brain was, I, I bit hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, yeah, I got to see him. So Jake sort of ended up taking the baby position and Macho took the heel position. And it was an amazing match. So long story short, Jake wearing those tights in my, on this little toy from that match. That's awesome. And, uh, no, what yeah, about. I, I, they're over on the shelf where I would show you them, but I mean, I made this oh, no, little. That's... Jongo, he's just sitting on my desk. So oh I'm my God. him up. I can't see uh, him. There he is. Now, I, I don't have the eye to look at one figure and see a different figure. So that's something special. And that Papa Shango is amazing. You put the most, you put most of them on your Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you want to see any of that stuff, you can see it on my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. So what I would do is sometimes I would hand sculpt certain things. Sometimes I would. Uh, get 3D printed heads. Sometimes I would enlarge uh, some of those Hasbro heads. Uh, you, you can use different kind of chemicals to to make a larger mold and whatever. <laughs> this guy specifically is his head is a, a Hasbro enlarged head. So I, I, I enlarged it like with like chemicals and whatever and molded it. The body is actually not an LJN. The body, the upper body, is uh, from a, a vinyl Andre the Giant kind of superhero figure. Okay. The, the legs are are from uh, this same Hulk Hogan, this old school Hulk Hogan, who's a pretty good. So the legs are the same as those legs. So so there's my little nerdy toy uh, side sidebar. Oh, right that there. is so. Now, the other two. Th Today's episode is brought to you by DB. DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel-tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released and refined, the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you're able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller or two. Guys, you know damn well when you're traveling... And you don't have enough pockets. There's not enough room in your bag. you still got something. Just clip it on, and you're good to go, whether it's going through the TSA checkpoint, going from the car to the hotel room, or you're, you know, backpacking through the Elks. We are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer you our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10, or go into the link in our show notes. DB, it's time to move on time to get going things i have to do is we give away a figure every week uh we're giving away i'm a football fan i'm in new england i, I don't necessarily care for this guy anymore but uh football season's coming up so we're going to give away the rob gronkowski elite figure um because i thought it was fitting i just got to spin a wheel real quick um i'm gonna bring that up on the screen right now if you don't mind it just takes this minute sure uh, yeah, some of these different toys, you know, for whatever reason, whoever, whoever amused me or whatever as a kid and this and that, so certain things. Yeah, there's a few, like, um, I've seen a few people do it at, like, at your level, um, and there's not a lot that can customize them at that level. It's you, and um, there's another, he was a wrestler, he's sort of retired now. Uh, he was out of Boston, but he moved up to the Northwest area. Um, Dave Cole, that he does the Funko Pops. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And um, so I've seen some really great other, some other customizers that are really great, and they we kind of sort of buddied up during the the you know the pandemic and stuff, and traded ideas, and we're kind of like little kids just nerding out over these toys, and you know, this and that. a couple of guys were very. Um, giving as far as like, you know, little advice, uh, little tips and little do's and don'ts and so forth. And 
and I keep up with those guys to this day and they're all great guys. And, and uh, it's a fun little, kind of a fun little weird, like we're all like giant little kids. Like I joke and say I have a PhD in recess. Like I'm a professional giant child. That's what I am. But so, you make you make a living at it. Sorry, we uh, the three Irish boys, the the Irish whip Twitter actually won the raffle. So I'm just gonna shuffle and spin again real quick. Fair enough. Can't have that. We got to give this figure away. We're, weirdly, um, so I, I mean, I don't know. Weirdly, I don't know. Disrespect to him, I made him because I, I like the character. But I made a Bastion Booger, which everybody seemed to lose their mind up. So I have so many like pre-orders to like make new Bastion Boogers for everybody. And then last week, it was a really, it was a really cool day where I, I put out, uh, I made a sh- uh, Shockmaster, and <laughs> and I, I think it turned out pretty damn well. And a couple people were sort of, you know, were polite to how it looked, but mean as far as the the actual dude. He's like, well, he never looked that good, and I mean, you know, I didn't see like, big arms and all this, like big muscular arms, and this and that. And I said, looking good, making other wrestlers look good is what I do. That's, you know, a sign to be a worker. I was just kind of being tongue in cheek. And the, the, the cool thing, I'll show you these right here. I can grab it for you. <laughs> Red Star yeah. Dragon, you were really close, but it went to DJ Robin 7. So I made this guy, I made the Shockmaster here. That is. I keep on moving the wrong way on the cameras there. There you go. That is There's crazy. And so he is 100% hand sculpted. And I, besides the Star Wars helmet that I, I built. Yeah. Uh, the, the cool thing about it was uh, the other day, last week or so, when I posted it, the first person to send me a really, really sweet message saying how much he liked it was the real uh, Shockmaster, uh, Fred Obman. So that tugboat uh, typhoon. That so that was really, he's like, man, he goes, that's really great. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And it looks great. Da, da, da. You know, he's just a really sweet, nice, nice man. So again, uh, awesome. we can, you know, Talking about you know you know people can make fun of certain wrestlers if they want to make fun of whoever or they I don't like this guy or I don't like that guy I don't like Kazarni I don't like him I don't like this I don't like Shockmaster you know, realize how hard these guys work or you know dumb shit can happen and that's that and then you get you know kind of you got to carry it around you know but he's such a great dude that uh, it's just it kind of it's a piss off to see like for me I got thick skin I'm more vicariously upset when they're meaner to other guys that I like or respect and whatever. That's right. Yeah. I'm more likely to stick up for a friend than I am for myself. Yeah. Like, again, I've got thick skin. I'm really not worried about it. I'm not worried about smart Mark 73 at hotmail.com busting my balls. <laughs> but I don't mind, I don't mind um, you know, firing back when it comes to, you know, one of my brothers or something like that. That's no, that, so that, like, that's cool. And that's sort of the advantage I think you have too. You talked about how, like being your age and being a wrestler, you get you've got to work with a lot of these guys. So now you're customizing these figures, and you're able to show guys. them. Yeah, half of these guys have been in the ring. It's, it's surreal. Uh, even even when when I was doing it, level when I look back on it, like standing across from Road Warriors or Rock and Roll Express yeah. or you know, Steiner Brothers or Kamala or King Kong Bundy and you or Jake the Snake or you name or you know all these guys. You're like you just when you're in the ring standing across from those guys. I don't know about anybody else, but what was going through my head was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? This is crazy awesome. You know, like, these are some wild Samoans standing across from me. What am I thinking? You know? That's... You know, some... some. You would fit right in with that. I could see you fitting right in with them, though. Well, I came the up with Samoans. a lot. I really cut my teeth on, on a lot of... Uh, off, of off of the Wild Samoan show. I wrestled just about every famous Samoan you could think. I, I never wrestled a rock. Um... But just about all the other ones, just about. Now, do you have, because I know you wrestle a lot of the young guys too around, you know, when you're traveling around. Do you have, is there somebody that should be on everybody's radar that you don't feel like is? Uh, yeah, I've, over the years, I've seen a ton of woulda, shoulda, coulda guys, guys that had the skills, guys that had the range, creativity, and just for whatever reason, life and happenstance was not right. on their side. But, dude, there's so many of those guys that could hang with anybody on TV that never got to TV and the wrestling universe will never get the pleasure of watching them because they just right. happenstance just did them wrong. You know, they, yeah, they, I have. they got somebody pregnant or they were, uh, somebody just rubbed them the wrong, they rubbed somebody the wrong way and they, they just got screwed before they ever got any momentum or anything like that. Uh, but as far as a uh, new, definitely favor uh, one of my students um, that's coming up. So again, super proud of, of uh, Zoe Stark, Carrie uh, and Cross. You know, yeah. these, are, these are some of the kids that came out of my school. Super proud of them. 
and there's just so many. There's Chris mm-hmm. Bay. Uh, there's so many of these guys and girls that I'm so so damn proud of. But to answer your question, one of the kids that I think is so I have a bunch of them, but the one that right at the front, the one that I think is closest to getting it done, is Matt Vandergriff. Okay. He can fly like he doesn't pay attention to gravity, but he can work. He can work off the fly. He can memorize. He can be a good guy, a bad guy. He's big enough that he can hang with a heavyweight, but he flies like a cruiserweight. He's, you know, like, uh, just, right. just, I can't tell you enough great things about him. And I'll actually be wrestling him in Vegas tomorrow at uh, Future Stars of Wrestling. So you guys go check out Future Stars or FSWnetwork.com, I believe. What else do you have coming up for shows and seminars and things like that? Yeah, I do a lot of seminars all over. Um, I teach uh, at uh, the FSW, which we affectionately refer to as Snake Pit still. But once we merge, once we merged FSW and Snake Pit, you know, for business purposes, it's FSW, but, you know, we affectionately call the student ring, like the training ring, the Snake Pit. I do my Facebook Live sometimes from, from there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, when I travel, I'll do seminars. I'll wrestle, do seminars. And, uh, but, yeah, tomorrow I'm looking forward to dancing with my kid. That is cool. We and um, we'd love to have them on. Any of you know, if any of your students, if you want to get them onto a podcast, um, sure just let us know. Uh, the door's sure open. I'm sure, I can make that happen. And, you know, we're easy. We don't. Um, we go out of our way not to look for like trouble. You know what I mean? I think What's me that? and Joe, me and Joe, the other kid I've done it with. I think we found enough trouble in our lifetimes where we go out of our way when we do this to not look for it. Sure, sure. and just have fun, like shit. You know. Well, so right there, so like, yes, there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of stuff you do not see. Like so much stuff happens behind the, the scenes. And like wrestlers will joke and say, hey, you know, uh, to any promoter in the world, wrestle for free. You're just paying for the other 23 and a half hours of the day. You're paying for the travel. You're paying yeah. for the dieting. You're paying for the weightlifting. You're paying for the fancy costume, all that stuff. But yeah, we match that's on the house because we love this shit. My, so, um Love of the game I, is, is, is as cheesy as it sounds. Smiles on faces. That's the name of the game. If it's if it's selling tickets, making people hoot and holler, and keeping the wrestlers safe, it's correct. My buddy Anthony Green, I think you might have wrestled him at one of the Vegas shows he did. He just posted something very similar because you know he just had um, he's open for bookings now uh, after his release, and uh, he was on posted a picture on his plan plan on the picture on the plan said I wrestle for free. This is what I get paid for. Yeah, yep. yep. You know, so inside gag for the wrestlers for years and years. That's um very true, and when you think about it, that's probably the best part of your day on some days is being in the ring. Now, listen, uh, I want to say thank you to you. Um, before we put your stuff out there, because I do want that to go out last, I just want to tell people because um, and this is gonna. I, I don't want to take everybody down, so I'm not going to. But you know, Daphne, who I know you were friends with, passed away last night. And our sympathies, first of all. Thanks. Second of all, if any of you that are listening to this feel like you have nobody you can talk to, our DMs are open. If you hit us up and say, "I'm having a bad day. I'm thinking about hurting myself," chances are I'm going to reply and say, "Here's my phone number. Give me a call." That's how I am. There's other ways. Sure. Absolutely. And you know what people are going through. I'm certainly no expert, but I've had friends, you know, prematurely leave the planet, you know, of their own choice. Yeah. Uh, those people every day, you know, like they, they haunt you, you know, and, uh, you know, I've got one, a special good friend to the, to this day. I kicked myself going, I was so close to him. How did I not see that coming? Right. And, uh, so I'll tell, I'll, I, I I, I will swing this back into a positive very quickly. I promise I'm a nice guy. I like to be nice. I enjoy to be nice. It is my mandate to put smiles on faces. That's my job. That's my privilege. So uh, today I had posted a, a rest in peace, Daphne thing. And of course it was just, you know, one troll. Like so many nice people saying, I'm sorry. I hope you're okay. I hope your family's okay. I have hope her family's okay. I hope everything, you know, all the things that humans, uh, nice humans would, should say. And one idiot troll just put something so crappy. And for a split second, like, I mean, I knew exactly what, you know, trolls are being troll. I know what they're right. doing forever. So they're not going to have space in my head. And they were quickly forgotten, just a quick block. And that was that. But I just thought, again, wouldn't hurt a fly. Super, super nice. 
man, for, for about 30 seconds of my life earlier today, I fantasized about just reaching through the internet and yeah, doing some unspeakable yeah. things. My, my instinct would be to post my address. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll fly you up, sign a waiver. I'll fly you up, reach you in any alley you want. Nice. Um, and so again, so quickly, 30 seconds of, of morbid fantasy and then that was out and it was back to being positive and moving forward. So wherever Daphne is right now, I, I hope, and I, I know, I know that she is, you know, playing cards with Owen Hart and Macho Man and <laughs> Papa Orndorff and Bobby. They're all playing cards cutting up in a, in, a, in, a, in a cosmic locker room somewhere. And so anybody that would think to get some trollish rise out of the misfortune of, of another person, they have to live with themselves. You know, right. I block that person and that's that. You know, I'm done with that person, but that person has to live with themselves forever. Right. So, you know, so, so that, but, and the only reason I bring it up is just to let other people know, hey, if they get met with some really shitty negativity, you know, shrug it off because that person wants you to be miserable. If you let them, if they, if you let them, you know, if you fall for it, then you're, you're playing right into their trap. So just, you know, going gets tough, the tough gets going. And if you need help, of course, ask for help. Ask for a professional. Like I tell my brothers, hey, if you need, if you're sad, you need something. I'll call you and tell you a joke. I'm not going to know how to tell you the right things. Right. I'm not qualified, whatever, but I'll tell you a joke uh, or I'll listen to you. And I, you know, want to cry on my shoulder or if you want to, whatever, you know, yeah. I'm, that's about what I'm good for is I, I can listen to you. I'll let you vent. And I, I can't give you advice because I'm not trained on that. But like you said, if I can put a smile on your face at the end of it, I remember, and I'll bring this back to Jake the Snake, who, you know, some people love him, some people think he's crazy, some people think this, some people think that. I've only ever seen the good side of Jake. He's always, always been nothing but a big brother to me. Awesome. So when I got divorced the first time, I was very upset. I was fully in control, but I was very upset, like stupidly, super duper upset. And I remember him just calling me every day. Are you okay? You need to hear a joke. What do you, you want to, you want me to fly in? We'll go get a bite to eat, whatever, whatever. And, and he would dwell on the, on the, on the nicer side of things. But I remember him sort of kicking it off saying, you know, cause I, I he's seen his share of really horrible things. And I remember him, I'll never forget, I'll never not be great for him saying this. Like, you know, I was so upset and he just said, brother, you better not do anything stupid because if you do, I'm going to do the same thing and I'm going to follow you wherever you are. I'm going to bug the shit out of you every day. So just keep your shit together. And, prepare. and it, it struck me like as sad as I was, it struck me funny and, and it struck me sweet. Like it struck me like, you know, he was saying something so powerful, but said it in such a playful way that it forced you to kind of giggle, you know, like I, I could do that to my kid when she's grumpy, you know, I'll make funny faces until she smiles and she gets so mad that I made her smile, you know, it was kind of one of those moments. And, and he is definitely a good brother. And, and, but. And so, you know, lean on people, you know, whoever's yeah. out there. I, I'm an expert in life, and at least enough to know, lean on people if you have to. You know. Now, Sin, where can they find you on social media? Sin Bodhi everywhere? Yes, sir. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Sin Bodhi, S-I-N-N-B-O-D-H-I. And on my uh, YouTube page is Freak Show Wrestling. And there's other, there's other kind of offshoot ones that aren't mine, but my Freak Show Wrestling uh, page on YouTube has like a sort of little cartoon eyeball, kind of an eyeball icon, so you know that's the right page. Oh, I'll make sure those links go in the show notes as well. So when that goes out. Um, and there's and those a lot of pro promos, matches. Uh, there's those syndiculous episodes, which, again, something I made during the quarantine to, A, amuse myself, and B, hopefully distract other people from being rats in cages while all the shenanigans is going That's, on. But Sin, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time tonight. You. This was fun. Um, like I said, it was a sort of a revisiting. So I wanted to get, and I think we got most of your career from that point on. Um, and it's been a fun trip, man. Thank I appreciate you, man. you. I appreciate what you do. And like I said, our door is open to any of your students. So, Thank you, Mary. Well, just uh, shoot me a reminder, and I will definitely uh, send some of them your way for sure. Awesome. Thank you, Sin.